0: Shut up, Jackson.
1: What's up, everybody? And welcome into episode 30. That's right. 30 episodes of the We Like the Pain podcast, a show about two still disappointing teams, the Houston Texans and Jacksonville Jaguars. I am one of your hosts, Oscar Barkas.
0: I'm your other host Sam McFadden. Welcome in, guys. It's the big thirty um this week more than more so than in recent memory because we haven't had football actually being played in recent memory. I'd say disappointing describes our teams pretty well uh not in the same way though. Jaguars were supposed to win a lot of people like these like them to uh win as as underdogs here um couldn't pull out a win, and the Texans, while the game itself was very promising. Certainly not disappointing. The, end, the way they ended that game, I have a feeling Oscar Barkas was not super happy with
1: Yeah, I've got some thoughts, and I'm sure you've got some thoughts too. Uh, and we'll hit those later. I don't know why, but every time I've played episode 30 in my head, when I've like created the show doc and you know, talking to you before we got this thing going, I think the SpongeBob give it up for day 15 but it's like way more than 15 but that's just what's that's what's my mental state's been like so no i can see it i can see it
0: uh should we hop right into it
1: yeah hit me with a quick question
0: okay i'll show it to you here on our show doc a lot of things happen week one People, people spend the entire offseason projecting what they think players will do, and then everyone is super wrong or super right. Who knows? But there's a lot of polarizing uh, performances that just happen. How do you handle, from a fantasy-wise, from a fantasy perspective, and frankly just from an NFL player perspective, how do you react to weak-win
1: performances? Um, I think it just kind of depends on <laughs> – how strong your gut is because some people make like gut check decisions after week one. I'm more of a wait and see guy. And I think you'll hear a lot of people if if you listen to other football related podcasts say week one is just an extension of the preseason for a lot of teams, Um, especially like the Rams. We saw them get crunched on Thursday night, but they're still getting things figured out. Allen Robinson is new to the team, and he's, he should be a lot more involved than he was. I hope, I hope he's a lot more involved than he was week one. Um, there's actually Allen Robinson specifically. Sorry to
0: interrupt you, but um, there's a lot of really good stuff on Twitter that people, the research people have done on that game. He was super involved in that game. He simp- the Bills defensive line simply got to Matthew Stafford way too quick for, for his place to develop. He was on the field a ton running running good routes and getting open. He will be fine.
1: Yeah. He was busy. Yeah. Uh, another another fantasy-related, um, and this sort of kind of peek into something we're going to do later, spoiler for later, uh, a, another buy-low is running back Damian Pierce. People got really high on him uh, before the... Season started. Uh, we talked about people drafting him in like the fourth round in fantasy drafts, which was ridiculous. And then Rexburg had outsnapped and outtouched him in week one. Um, he's too. Which,
0: no, I, I just want to say I'm almost positive that last, either last show or the show before that, when we were talking about Damian Pierce and all the hype, and I was trying to be the calm, cool, calm, and collected one. I'm almost positive I said, what are you going to do when Rex Burkhead takes all the work? So, we'd like to...
1: He didn't take all the work, uh, and honestly, neither one of them looked that good, but you can tell watching the clips of both guys running who the more explosive guy is. Every carry that Pierce had, it looked like he was going to break to the house. Um, and that just didn't happen. So we, and, and as the game progressed, we started using him less and less, which in my opinion is just poor coaching, but I guess they want to see something more out of Pierce before they give him the full starters workload. Um, So a lot of people are going to take his first week's performance. I think he scored like four points and be like, shit, why did I invest a fifth round pick into this guy? He did nothing for me. Stay calm. That's all I have to
0: say. There could be a lot of reasons for him not playing as much as Rex Burkhead. I mean, uh, a lot of things they look at, and I honestly, I, I wasn't paying attention to the the uh, passing down reps for these running backs and how they're blocking stuff like that. But a lot of times with rookie with these rookie backs, these veterans know how to block really well. And Rex Burkhead in particular is also a pretty dang talented passing catch pass catcher. So he brings a little versatility that Damian Pierce might not have in his tool shed just yet. As the season progresses you'll see that start to change, but that's probably a lot has a lot to do with why he was out there so frequently.
1: Yeah, so I think I think we're both saying the same thing. Just like what's that called? Keep water. Just like stay don't don't overreact.
0: I I like I like what you said about week one being extension of the preseason. Um, you know, I, I mean Everyone has a player on their fantasy team that did really poorly that they're like, why was I ever interested in this guy? And everyone has a team. I mean, I, heck, I'm a Cowboys fan. They looked... It, prospects do not look great really for us, but I'm trying to stay calm. Not at all.
1: We'll no. back, back soon. And it'll all be okay.
0: But anyway, we can move on to your quick question now. What do you have for me?
1: Yeah, my quick question is just more like... General watching football wise, do you have any like Sunday traditions that you like to like to keep in line for for football viewing?
0: So, what I did for a little bit was I used to wear my the one football jersey I have, which is a Jalen Ramsey Jaguars jersey. Uh, I stopped doing that because I wore it a little bit after he left and all that, but I stopped wearing it because he left, and also, frankly, football jerseys. Not the most comfortable jersey in the world.
1: No, definitely not.
0: What a hot take. Like, you almost have to wear another shirt under, under it because it's kind of rough on the side. Oh,
1: you for sure do. For sure know, do. But I
0: like to bundle up under blankets. It like gets all hot and it's just a whole mess. So um, I stopped doing that. As far as other traditions, the only real tradition I have watching football is um, save for last year, which was due to, uh, we'll call it extenuating circumstances. I always watch football every Sunday with my boys, usually with Oscar Bark. Yes, sir. Um, and I know we're going to do that this upcoming week. Uh, hopefully we, yeah, we will. It. Hopefully we'll, we'll do it just about every Sunday because we have a, I mean, most of, you, most of the people listening to this podcast are part of the fantasy league that we've been doing with our, with guys from high school and college for years. And football is the most fun when I'm watching it with those guys.
1: Yeah. Cause so. you get to shit on them when their player sucks.
0: <laughs> that, uh,
1: that's a big part of it. Yeah, that's, that's pretty much the same thing I was going to say. Uh, usually like to have at least two TVs in the setup. One, the main one in the middle, playing yeah. red zone. At least one more playing either the Texans or Jags. In our case, it's Cowboys for most of our friends. Um, thankfully, our teams usually don't play at the same time as the Cowboys. <laughs> Because we we get the uh, early early games to get us out of the way.
0: I was getting more friends. Yeah,
1: um, my ideal is three TVs, but you know we don't always have that. And then new this year. Speaking of football jerseys, I really haven't been a jersey guy because the only Texans jersey that I had was Jadavian Clowney, and I got it right before he was traded, uh, <laughs> which just felt like bad juju. But I have a Davis Mills jersey that I got for my birthday, and I wore it on Sunday, and we played a lot better than I thought we should have. So I'm going to keep wearing it until it stops working.
0: I do wish I was the type of fan that had all sorts of stuff. Like every time my team kicks a field goal, I cover my beer label or something like that. Or, you know, I wish I did have those, like, superstitious things, but I don't. You know, maybe some do.
1: Maybe when our teams are actual playoff contenders, we'll start to think of stuff that affects the game. Yeah. All right. Let's hop into some other sports, non NFL headlines. Um, quick baseball mention. Both of us are not huge baseball guys, but this is something, especially I know Connor's in the chat. He'll want to hear. Albert Pujols got to 697 home runs. Uh, Past A-Rod, which is awesome. He's fourth all-time in home runs. And I think the most that I've cared about baseball in a long time has been hoping that he hits 700 this year.
0: I'll be honest with you. I don't care.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Well, we'll move on then.
0: (laughs) It's cool. It's cool. Listen, it's cool. I would like to take this moment, as I do every single time we talk about baseball, to say it's not a real sport. If if here, here's, my case. <laughs> okay. here's here's my case. If they are actively, consistently, constantly trying to make implement new rules to make the game go faster, there's something wrong with that. There's something mess. There's, there's something wrong with the sport. So well, Yeah.
1: Speaking of, they have just implemented a ton of stuff that will make the game faster and hopefully more enjoyable. Um and they removed the shift, <laughs> so hopefully there's more offense. They implemented a pitching clock, so hopefully the game is shorter. Uh, I can, I, I'm sure the listener can tell based on our apathetic voices, but uh...
0: they're literally they're trying so hard to make it more watchable. Like that's a bad baseline to be at. So, you
1: know, I'm, I yeah, Connor just said Albert makes baseball highlights worth watching. Not even the games. That's true. I love watching again. Does yeah, the, the crowd light up after he's hit another to add to the tally? That is
0: fun. Listen, I will be the first to admit, baseball has some of the best sounds in sports. Crack the bat, incredible. Watching someone hit a home run, always going to be cool. But the actual yeah. game? i out.
1: All right, speaking of home runs, Aaron Judge continues his ascent. Uh, he is at 55 now, I believe which puts him on pace to hit 62, which I think it's Roger Maris's record in the AL uh, that he's on pace to either tie or break. There's a lot of discussion because Barry Bonds hit like 70-plus one year, and no one's ever going to touch that, but he was also on steroids. People are like, whose record is actually real? It's Barry Bonds, people. It's not...
0: <laughs> oh, I'm I'm all in here, Barry Bonds. Barry Bonds. I'm also a proponent. By the way, I think I've made this argument to people before: of <laughs> let him roid. Why not? <laughs> yeah,
1: I was about to say that.
0: <laughs> better the sport it makes the sport more fun to watch. Let him use steroids. Yeah. Him, you know, by all means, I don't care. You know, Barry Bonds is awesome <laughs> to watch. Everyone knew that guy was on steroids, and it's still a blast to watch that guy play. You know? Yeah. Yeah.
1: I mean, arod was on steroids, and uh he's probably going to make the Hall of fame, so
0: yeah, it's messed up so i, I say they they say they should all be riding right everyone should be right in.
1: <laughs> yeah, you got the the advantage of sitting right in front of you, why not uh, anyway, coming back to football news, you sort of hinted at this earlier, Dak Prescott injured his thumb, I think it was on Shaq Barrett's helmet. Uh on his throwing hand, he like fractured his thumb. The initial report. Yeah. Back
0: to back he got hit. He got hit by Shaq Barrett's helmet on back to back plays with the same thumb.
1: Oof. God. I remember watching Drew Brees do that on uh maybe Aaron Donald's helmet in his mm-hmm. either last or second to last year. And that always looks so nasty. Um, so Dak got surgery this morning, I believe, maybe yesterday, um, and is out six to eight weeks. But then he was not placed on injured reserve, and Jerry Jones went on sports yeah. radio and said he's going to try and rush him back and be back in four games. Uh, give me some thoughts. You're the resident Cowboys fan. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, I think he'll be back sooner than later, and frankly, I'm okay with that. Um, Well, yeah, the season's over without him. Yeah, you do see a lot of things. You do see it happen a lot of times where guys have hand injuries like this, quarterbacks have hand injuries like this, and it kind of screws them the rest of the season, even when they do come back. Um, I am fine if they rush him back still. I my take on it is a hand injury like this. Even if it come if he if he comes back and he plays through it, I don't think it's he's going to be at risk of having some sort of catastrophic injury as a result. So even if he's playing a little hurt and we we still don't maybe our ceiling is capped, our season will be better to watch and we still have a chance to do something. And then he can in the offseason if there's something that needs to be fixed, he can fix it. It's you know his hand injuries usually aren't something that lasts months and months and months and months and months months, like through next season or anything like that. So I I'm fine with him coming back.
1: I really hadn't looked at it like that. Um, I was comparing it to Russell Wilson coming back from the mallet finger thing he had last year and he looked bad for like a month following coming back. It took until like three weeks left in the season for him to look like Russell Wilson again. Um. So if Dak thinks he can play and the team doctors think he can play, absolutely come back as soon as possible. Um, if Jerry's rushing him back for money, maybe let's cool it and get a better draft pick next year because even with Dak, we saw on Sunday night, the Cowboys... I mean, let's call what
0: it is. Dak Prescott looked bad on Sunday. Yeah, he did. Not, he, like, did. he was very discombobulated. Um, We need, I I think it'll help a lot when Michael Gallup comes back and when Jalen Tolbert actually plays. Um, I mean, mean, part of the reason why, like having no other receiving options, basically, other than Ceedee Lamb really hurt us here. You saw it all game. Ceedee Lamb got 11 targets. He got a ton of targets. But the Buccaneers were keyed in on him as the only big threat, so they were swarming him all game. He was never going to have a good game. He was absolutely covered the entire time. Um,
1: Hot take based on that double coverage on CD, CD. This proves that the Cowboys were right in not signing Dalton Schultz to a long-term deal. If they're double covering CD, Dalton Schultz should be wide open up the seam like the entire game, and he was not. So
0: yeah, we should have had a big game. I will say. That's a, let's, let's see moving forward because the Tampa Bay Buccaneers have some of the best linebackers in the league and with matching on one, yeah. they can still, they can hold their own just fine. So that may have been an issue, but I agree with you. If he wants a big extension, he should be able to take advantage of that stuff. Um, but like, that's what I was saying. Yeah. Dalton Schultz had, had a couple of catches. He didn't do anything crazy. Noah Brown was the most notable receiver in the game. And that was based out of necessity. Um, cause literally no one yeah. else to do anything. Um, so once we get Michael Gallup back up, and I, and I do have hope for Jalen Tolbert as a rookie. Um, oh, yeah. Ton. And I would like to just take this moment to say, hey, Jerry, what if you hadn't paid Zeke so much money that you had to get rid of Amari Cooper? What if, you know? What if? Just think about yeah. that for a second.
1: Speaking to that, yeah. both Zeke and Tyron Smith's contract are easily movable. Like they can, they can roll off of them this off season if that's uh, what they want to do. And from a casual observer, I'm not a Cowboys fan. That is exactly what I would do: free up a ton of money, hopefully invest in positions of need, offensive line, wide receiver, depending on how Gallup and Tolbert look, and then secondary. Um,
0: I would, I would certainly move off of Zeke, um, Tyron Smith. It was just, it's just, what's available on the market? Like, who could we realistically get
1: as for help? Yeah, and how? We Fair enough. I guess him. it depends on how Tyler, Tyler Smith. Smith. Yeah, he yeah. plays great. All right, another injury. This one's hits close to home for the both of us. Elijah Mitchell uh, had an MCL sprain like a quarter into the game and is now out eight weeks. It was a big piece in the trade between Sam and I. Uh, I knew my team was going to be bad, but this makes it especially bad. Uh, is what it is.
0: <laughs> um, yeah, it's it's a really shitty situation. It's a, it's something that you like. Injury risk is something you have at all times for fantasy and stuff like. Oh, that yeah. general
1: and especially with Elijah Mitchell.
0: Especially with Elijah Mitchell, and also it just gets even bigger when you're when it's player involved in a trade, because um, everyone's going to look like at least the both of us are going to be looking back at this trade, seeing how did it play out, how did it play out. When the player gets injured, obviously that that makes one side uh, uh, significantly worse off. Um, when he comes back, hopefully he'll be fine, and he'll he'll come back right right before like the I. The biggest trade, the like most active trade spot for fantasy in my mind is like the last three weeks before the trade deadline. So it's coming in enough time to still have value. Oh, yeah. Value there. Um, as far as the forty nine ers go, like just in, in football terms, NFL terms, they'll be fine because Jeff Wilson's going to get work. Oh yeah, they always have a running back ready and available that's going to be just fine. So they'll be they'll be good.
1: They just signed Marlon Mack.
0: Did they really? I didn't see that.
1: Yeah, so my they're, boy,
0: they're. My boy Jordan Mason's going to go off.
1: Their running back room currently is <laughs> Jeff Wilson, who people may recognize. He's he's had some success for the Niners in the past. Rookies Tyron Davis Price, who they drafted in the third round. Jordan Mason, who was undrafted, and now Marlon Mack slots in as their fourth guy. Um, it really could, any of the four could jump out and be the best guy week to week. Uh, yep. uh, my money is on Jeff Wilson.
0: Debo, De- oh, Jeff Wilson for sure, but Debo's, gonna, Debo's value just goes up. He's going to be even more. Oh
1: more. yeah, big time. So does Trey Lance's. He was already run a ton, but uh, I would bet that he, they drop a lot more designed runs for him in the red zone. So
0: He had 13 carries last week and I would bet money
1: on him, equaling that,
0: if not surpassing that this week.
1: Yeah. Yeah, speaking of the Niners, looked pretty bad Uh, week one. People are making, like, decisive statements about Trey Lance. It's his third game in the NFL, and it was pouring down rain in Soldier Field. They had to bring out, like, big-ass brooms to try and get rain off the field because it would not sink into the field. Um, so i'm not let's give it a few more weeks people That's a good point uh um, nfl our team draft i am up 9 to 6 after week 1 it would have been 10 to 6 if the colts texans game had ended any way but a tie uh, so that sucks but coming out strong week 1 you got lucky
0: you got lucky this week kid Uh, shout out to the AFC South, both of our teams. We're we're (laughs) division of football. Uh, Yes, sir. And two of the teams played together. So, uh, very impressive. Uh, And you know what? (laughs) We'll see how it goes moving forward. Um, Before we hop into the Texans and Jags updates, though, Oscar Marcus does have a big announcement for the faithful. Oh, I
1: forgot. Yeah. Forgot to say that. Uh, So, I'm sure people listening to this know I've been trying my hand at writing, uh, like sports journalism. And after a mm-hmm. piece that I wrote on Devin Vassell a couple weeks ago, someone at FanSided, which is like a big sports content company, reached out to me and asked if I'd like to write for Air Alamo, which is the their Spurs coverage division. And my first article got published with them yesterday. Uh, and I should have a couple more coming out in the next week or so. Um, it's a pretty good read. It's a pretty good read if
0: you guys haven't gone out and checked it out. Um, and, you know, give you, some support you. to our boy Oscar here because it's a really cool deal. And it's yeah, a leg-
1: definitely. It's
0: like a legitimate publication, source. So it's very yeah. Yeah, it,
1: it made me really excited when he reached out because they tweeted back in like January that they were looking for some writers for Air Alamo. And I bookmarked it and I was like, maybe one day I'll, I'll try it out. And I didn't even have to apply before the guy reached out to me. So I'm, I'm excited to be here and I will be writing for them. It's definitely like a side gig, like (laughs) I'm freelancing, but, uh, it's a start. I'm, I'm, I'm excited to see where this takes me. Jackson just said
0: Oh if you want to read it. Oh so you want to read it, you can if you want to read it, Oscar tweets out uh, links to that links to his articles on his personal Twitter. Um and we'll probably be retweeting some of those on the on our podcast Twitter as well moving
1: forward. Yeah, maybe. Uh, Jackson just said it was great, read it last night on the toilet. That is the exact endorsement that I needed for the for the article. So there you go. Thank you for letting me get that miniature shout-out in there, Sammy. Uh, you want to talk to me about your Jaguars?
0: Oh, boy, oh boy do I. What a game it was. Um, Jaguars lost. Commanders beat us 28-22. to 22. It was, frankly, not that exciting of a game, to be totally honest with you. Uh, Neither team looked that crazy good. Um, but a couple of things. Trevor Lawrence, underwhelming start. I wrote in the show deck that he was mid. He, he's very middle of the pack. He was all right. Made some bonehead throws, made some fantastic throws. I just didn't see as much out of him as I was hoping to. So hopefully moving forward, we see a, a little bit better play out of him. Um, <clears throat> Travis Etienne had one fumble. The fumble it, the fumble was not – as far as fumbles go, it was very little of it was his fault. It was a cap. Oh, definitely, yeah. Everyone threw it out to him on the side. He was facing the opposite way, caught the ball exactly where he was supposed to, and he turned around, and the and the defender placed a helmet on the ball as he was turning. It's really hard to hold on to the ball. Um, I don't think that fumble is going to hurt him significantly as far as touches and stuff like that. Um, he did have – I think the thing that reflects poorly on him more so is he had several uh, dropped passes during this game, um, one of which – including a one touchdown. Of the, one of the, I'm almost positive it would have been a touchdown. That defender was going to miss him, and that would have been an easy touchdown. Um, and it hit right off his hand and, and, and fell down. And this speaks to a bigger issue. First of all, it's an issue for ETN moving forward. He's He's got the skills to be a pass catcher. He doesn't have the ability yet as a pass catcher that a lot of people talk about him having. But the bigger issue for the Jaguars as a whole is Trevor Lawrence has a tendency to only use a fastball. And we see this a lot of times with newer quarterbacks where they feel like they have to absolutely burn the ball in every single throw, even if the guy is two yards away from him, they're burning it in. And while I agree with you, if the ball hits the hands of the receiver, they should catch it, you can help out the receiver a little bit. Oh, yeah,
1: feather that ball. There were
0: several drops during this game where he burned it in as a million miles per hour and it was a drop. And frankly, Trevor Lawrence was more to blame than the receiver. So, moving forward, I'd like to see him use a changeup every once in a while. Um, uh, staying in the running back room, James Robinson proves that you don't need Achilles.
1: God, to run, apparently, he looks he is so good, man. Why did y'all no hate on Travis Etienne? No sense. hate. Why uh, did you?
0: Yeah. Why did you draft him? Uh, Urban Meyer and Trent Baalke—that's why. And frankly, Trevor probably had some saying that too. So, probably. Um, but James obviously looked good. Um, I think it'll be a pretty even tandem going forward for for James and Travis. Um, and it it may, it, frankly, it may be a hot hand situation if someone looks particularly explosive. Use that. I'll say this: we saw what we already knew. James Robinson is a very good running back, and, but he is fit but physically he is not special in any way, shape, or He's not, not at incredibly all. fast. Yeah. He's not a crazy bat like none of this stuff is true. Travis Etienne is the exact opposite. He's got all the skills in the world, all the athletic potential in the world. He needs to become a better running back. Um, to get a yeah. world. And then the last couple of things, we'll switch over to the defense. Devin Lloyd, um, first-round uh, linebacker that we took out of Utah, looked fantastic this game. He loved to see him intact. He
1: He's a dog,
0: we him. He was all over the field. Loved to see it. And then Trayvon Walker, the biggest highlight of the game, was him being dominant. He had a, he had a sack. He had an interception. And the interception, I, I want to ask you guys to go and look at that interception. It's an impressive interception. The reaction speed body control and the hands that he showed off on that play, very impressive. Um, And I would like to also do a shout out to Aiden Hutchinson for not doing anything all game. Um, So uh, We're ragging on us about Aiden Hutchinson. Trayvon Walker came out and blew him out of the water week one. So I'm very excited to see he is on pace now for 17 sacks and 17 interceptions. On the season so look out for that
1: yeah he uh watched that pick because he's got his hands on the lineman like half a second before the ball is in his hands it's nuts he's like working his way around realizes it's, it's a screen like drops back and snags the ball it's nuts he looks i mean he is he's the best athlete on the field
0: Absolutely. And he, uh, again, he looks massive. If you watch the game, you see the really big dude. That's him. Um, so I'm, I'm stoked for that. Josh Allen wasn't particularly impressive in this game, but I think we'll see that start to change those two on the same uh, defensive line is a scary thing. Um, and scary as hell. I think that if we, Oh, Oh, I almost forgot Tyson Campbell had an interception as well. He, 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 sure did. Looked, he looked good throughout most of the game. Um, Yep. So I think that if we see success, it's going to largely be in part or in large part be due to our defense taking a step forward. Um, and on that in in that area, I did see a lot of uh, a lot of things to be excited about. That's for sure.
1: The four guys that you mentioned are four, either already are or definitely like on the way there to be. Franchise cornerstones on the defense, which you got four of those guys that are all on their rookie contracts still. You're doing something right, right? Um, so yeah, I. It was weird. Trevor, the big question. Uh, watching that game, it was like the the Jaguars as a whole looked better. Uh, Trevor, like you said. Oh wait. Oh, Trevor, as you said. Was making some bonehead plays, uh, and the defense gave up some big plays, specifically to rookie wide receiver Jahan Dotson, um, who looked really good for the commanders. But we hit the end of the game, and it was like Carson Wentz had 350 yards and four touchdowns. And I was like, what the hell? What? Uh, also, had those two picks. Um, but I watched the game in and out, uh it was on red zone a little bit and then it was on my computer sometimes. It was just always in the rotation. I would say for the most part, Trevor Lawrence looks the better quarterback, but Carson Wentz has far better far better skill position players. So
0: Yeah, I would agree with that. And you know. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see moving forward. I, I think we're, we're, we're going to see a lot better from Trevor as early as next week against the Colts. Um, and the Colts play really bad against us. Is that game in Jacksonville? Yeah, it's in Jacksonville. They play really bad against us in Jacksonville. They haven't beat us in like eight years in Jacksonville. So we and shall- they
1: also didn't look very good this past week. Uh, and that will move me right in. Check that segue to the Texans-Colts game which was a tie. (laughs) Uh, At the beginning of the fourth quarter, the Texans were up 20-3, to and I was freaking the hell out. I was like, holy shit, we look so good. Davis Mills, perfect game manager, didn't look great, but looked fine. Uh, Our defense was making huge plays. I think we forced three turnovers including one in the red zone. Um, and the Colts looked slow, so I'm not going to put this all in the Texans. But then the Texans, in perfect Houston Texans fashion, played not to lose. And that is what we've done throughout the entire course of our history, most notably in the playoff game against the Kansas City Chiefs when we were up 24-3. to Um, I've talked about that on the podcast before. I'm not going to go that much more into it. But instead of being up 20 to three, using Damian Pierce, our explosive running back to kill the clock and using Davis mills and our skill position, our our wide receivers to just move up the field slowly and the game, we 20 to three, we should have won the game. We, Started bringing Rex Burkhead in more, and he was getting stuffed at the line. And we were throwing on third and eight, throwing the ball way behind the line of scrimmage, which is giving up. That is saying we're going to punt on fourth down. Uh, And that has just been the Texans fandom my entire life. Like I said, Davis Mills looked all right. We need another receiving uh, – another receiver – Other than Brandon Cooks to show something, um, Revan Jordan did not look super good. He he had a couple catches. Nico Collins wasn't targeted a whole lot. He he looked fine when he was given the opportunity, but um, he needs to take more advantage of the fact that he's got Brandon Cooks lined up across from him. (laughs) Speaking of other receivers though, (laughs) O.J. Howard had himself a bit of a renaissance. He now leads the league in touchdowns. is that a bad game? He had two. Um, I think the game can just be summed up by the fact that in overtime, we the our first we get the ball first, our first drive looks awful. Davis Mills gets sacked, then we have a holding play. It's like third and twenty or something like that. And of course we're we're not gonna get that. We punt. Colts drive down a little bit, have like a 40-ish yard field goal, and Rodrigo Blankenship misses. And you can ask any of my friends that were watching the game with me, I freaked the hell out. I I ran around the house screaming, I was like, holy shit. Um, And then the Texans get the ball back, start driving a little bit, it's third and one, and we decide to run a power run with Rex Burkhead Straight up the middle with our shoddy offensive line into the Colts defensive line. And of course, he loses two yards. And with 40 seconds left, fourth and three at midfield, Lovey Smith decides to punt and concede the game. We tied. So that's the game. I got some more thoughts, but I'll let you chime in.
0: Uh, I don't know if you saw this, but Rodrigo bling and anyone has cut. a job? He got cut you know he's two for, two for three in that game, but missed the game winner it was a very doable kick. it was forty some God yards, so it wasn't anything absolutely absurd. um I think some teams should pick him up honestly um but um, absolutely i don't know besides the end of that game, which I agree with you it was really just i mean. The Texans are the worst team. We talked. We talked about this. You're not competing for the playoffs this year. Go for the win. You know it doesn't make any sense.
1: Yeah, beat the Colts. If we if we're trying to win and Davis Mills throws a pick that's run back and then they come back and beat us, fine. We're going to be bad anyway. Beat the division rival anyway.
0: The tie doesn't help us. <laughs> you know, the tie doesn't do anything for us. Um, it, it looks funny, and I'm all for an NFL title me we run. They're the funniest things in the entire sport, but...
1: Yeah. They're the best part of football uh, for the worst ways. Something
0: I'll say is the Texans almost won this game, and Jonathan Taylor had a hell of a game, and Michael Pittman had a hell of a game. And if you had told me that both those players were playing at the top of their games and the Texans still almost pulled out a win, I would have called you crazy. So... A lot of good things. A lot of good things this this week.
1: A lot of positives, yeah. for sure. Um,
0: one thing, one question I do have for you, was Nico Collins used at all? I didn't, I don't remember seeing him.
1: He was, yeah, I said he, he got, I think, three targets, caught two of them for like 20-ish yards or something like that. Um, did not receive the usage that I thought he would, but he is a boomer bust type of wide receiver. It sort of depends on the matchup, and he'll have... I, I will project he'll have a couple games over 100 receiving yards this year, um, but he'll also have a, a, more than a few others like this where he basically does nothing. Um, I mean, you, you can tell this by hearing us talk
0: about the Texans, like you know that this, this to be true, but if, I think I speak for both of us when I say if I'm running the Texans right now, I want Damian Pierce to touch the ball at least 15 to 20 times a game. And then I want to give Brandon Cooks and Nico Collins at least eight targets again. Like,
1: that's the, that's the whole And Brandon Cooks got that. Brandon Cooks had that. And he, he looked, looked 12, phenomenal. 12 targets.
0: And he looked really good. He had that one long bomb. Uh, oh,
1: to start the second half, we get the kickoff, start out on the 25. And Pep Hamilton calls a flea flicker to start the half. Damion Pierce runs up a little bit, gives it back to davis Mills, and he just uncorks one of the Brandon Cooks. I was so excited, and uh, I think we scored a touchdown that drive but then didn't score again until ever, I don't think. I think that was to get to 20. But uh, other quick thoughts, and then we'll move on. The Burkhead-Pierce usage is going to drive me crazy. We talked about that a little bit at the beginning of the show. I think they just like the way, like you said, Rex pass blocks. Damian should get there pretty quickly. Um, I think at least by like week six, seven, eight, it'll pretty much be the Damian Pierce show. But until then, we're going to see some very frustrating lines out of the Texans running back room. Uh, Jerry Hughes, our new pickup, played in Buffalo last year. Uh, yeah, I mean, he's he's been good for a long time, but very underrated defensive lineman. He's one of our starters, and he now leads the league in both sacks and interceptions. I believe it may have changed after the, after the Seattle game, but he had three sacks and a pick. Uh, looked great. I love that we picked up a veteran like him. And then cornerback wise. We looked so much better than we did last year. We were trotting out Lonnie Johnson Jr. as our cornerback one for a bit of the year. So anything could be better than that. But Derek Stingley looked very comfortable as the cornerback one. He had a incredible uh, pass deflection in the end zone. Alec Pierce broke him off, was going to be wide open, and Stingley recovered and dived out and broke it up. And then Stephen Nelson as our cornerback, too. I'm I'm so much happier with that room than I was last year. Um, but that's it. I
0: agree with you. The corners look good. Uh, on the Derek Stingley thing, the only thing I'll say – the only thing I was disappointed in was he did allow, like, six – I want to say six catches for 60 or 70 yards, which is fine. It's, you know, they're going to get their yards against someone and – it's not like quarterbacks, certainly rookies playing in their first game are going to stop them from getting any yards at all. Um, but one thing to keep in mind is for their entire careers, Dirk Stingley and Sauce Gardner are going to be compared to each other. And Sauce Gardner allowed like one catch for six yards and had a, like a really nice pass breakup against Mark Andrews uh, as well. Also in the red zone. Yeah.
1: so um,
0: um I'd say week one as far not, as think, slight edge, but not by much, not by much at all
1: as far as the yards and catches go quarterback stats are hard to track because we saw this with uh, Trevon Diggs last year uh, there's a big dispute about how many yards he allowed. depends on where you look PFF had him graded for five catches on nine targets for like 60 yards. Uh, ESPN's tracking had him two catches on five targets for like 30 yards or something like that. So big discrepancy. That sounds a lot better. Uh, the Texans play a lot of zone. So I think PFF grades it by the nearest corner and may have not been his responsibility on a couple of those catches. doesn't matter. He looked fine for his first game. Uh, really in, like, a year plus, not kind of cutting preseason. So, anyway, let's move on. Uh, we've got our game sp- spread pickums again, like we did last week. Sam, you want to update us on how we did last year or last week?
0: Yep. I, we have it set up a lot better this time, but I'm just going to update us on the games that we were different, and we, we only had three choices that were different. Um, uh, we had the Packers-Vikings game where – <clears throat> excuse me, the line of that game, I believe it was Packers minus two at the time. Um, I had the Vikings, you had the Packers. Vikings obviously won that game by a lot, so that's one for me. You, uh, the game that you got correct was the, um, uh, the Bronco- Broncos Seahawks. The Seahawks obviously won that one, so the spread didn't really matter. Uh, they were under odds there, so you got that one. And then the tiebreaker was the Jets-Ravens game, which I believe if we go back and listen to that, uh, you may have picked the Jets purely because we had had like eight picks in a row that were the same. But you picked the Jets. Ravens won big time. So I, I took the win uh, on week one. I won 2-1. to one. Um, And before we hop into this next one, I would like to go ahead and we haven't talked about this yet. I wanted to just do an on-air um, rule change uh, proposal to you on this pick em deal. Um, and that rule change is: I think we should take turns picking, picking first in each game, and we cannot have the same pick on any of the games. Oh my god! That way, sometimes oh. sometimes you're stuck with things that you don't want. Sometimes you get lucky, but we have more to choose from here. Then, and, and, and we're not. I feel like ready- that's.
1: I feel like that might run too long because we're both going to want to debate like why I. I think the way we did it last week sort of works because. If we don't have that many that we disagree on, we can we can only talk about those games. But this is your game, so if you if you want to go, we have to disagree. We can't.
0: Let's give it a shot. Let's do disagree. It has to we have to go different on each one every game this week. My uh, my stipulation will be uh, because we are. I mean, we have been going for like forty minutes now, forty five minutes. Um, there are, you only get like a couple of seconds at most to, to defend yourself, but that's not really what it's about. We're, this is really just a game to see who's better and who's worse at this thing. So, because, because I made a rule change, I will let you, Oscar Barkas, pick for the first game. Uh, it is the Chargers at Kansas City. The line cr- as it stands currently is Kansas City minus four. Who are you going to take?
1: I'm taking the Chiefs. Four points is nothing. They looked so good last week.
0: Taking the Chiefs to cover, and that leaves me with the Chargers.
1: And you know what? That's one of the ones – all
0: I'll say is that's one of the ones that I'm not horribly te- – That those games usually end up being barn burners kind of close. So, you know, I'm okay with that. Uh, next game up, we got the New York Jets versus – or at the Cleveland Browns. Cleveland minus six. I am going to take – ooh, this is a tough one. <laughs> I'm gonna take. I'll go nuts and I'll take the Jets to cover.
1: Thank God I don't have to take the Jets again. I'll take the Jets to cover that. Uh, that minus six. Yeah, you said it. Uh, we we tried to. I think all three of the games, the games that divided us on last week's exercise, we both agreed and then decided to go different ways just to differentiate. Um, I'm really glad that I don't have to take, take the Jets again. Washington at Detroit. Detroit is favored by two and a half, which basically means they just have home field advantage. I'm taking Detroit. I'm taking – I think they can absolutely win that game by three points.
0: Damn near. Came back and won against the Eagles. Washington is significantly worse than the Eagles are. I like that pick. Um, I wish I could have made it. Uh, Next game up, Tampa Bay playing at New Orleans. Um, Tampa Bay is favored by a field goal, minus three. I'm going to go – you know what? No. Oh, boy. Oh, this is a tough one. I'm going to go with Tampa Bay. Oh, thank goodness. I'm going to go with
1: Tampa Bay. Give me them Saints, ah. baby. I'm I'm a casual Saints fan a little bit, and uh, they always beat Tom Brady.
0: They did. I will say New Orleans did not look good until the end of that game last night. And granted, they didn't look that great, it, and they had injuries that caused them. They had more injuries stacked on top of everything else, so I am worried about them. But i
1: This is the Tom uh, Brady. This is the Tom Brady uh, on fire tour year, in my opinion. So I think you made a good pick. So I'm going to pick for the Panthers Giants game. They're playing in New York. And the Giants are given home field advantage, the two and a half point spread. I'm I'm riding with it. Let's go Giants! They had a big Giants. comeback against the Titans last week, and uh they've got good vibes.
0: Going up two and zero oh, to start the season. Who would have thought? I hate the Giants. I, I'm I'm okay. I'm ac- I actually like taking Carolina. I might. If I was putting money on this week, um, I, I might put money on Carolina only because I think that I think that the, the what you saw out of Carolina's offense, the way they use the weapons they have, and what you saw to Baker specifically, I think that's just about the floor. They the play, yeah, the I play agree. there was awful, and they're yeah, going. It was very win. limited. At the very least, they're going to get CMC more involved. They're going to get DJ more involved, more involved. So I think they're going to be look a little bit better next week. Um, moving yeah. forward. Uh, New England at Pittsburgh. New England is favored 1.5. I honestly, I don't understand why they're favored. I don't either, man. (laughs) I don't either. Because they did not look very good against the Dolphins. And Pittsburgh came out and showed that... They can beat a good team. I will say, one thing that makes some sense is TJ Watt will not play in this game. He's injured. So, and and Cam Hayward also suffered. Cam Hayward might not either, yeah. That defense is taking a massive hit, and the offense for the Steelers looked bad and is run by Mitch Trubisky. So,
1: I can make an argument. Still, still, it's in Pittsburgh. The Patriots should not be favored after that stinker that they just laid. I mean, Mac Jones might not play. He had a back injury. Like, it's, he's questionable. Anyway, we got to move on. The Colts are playing in Jacksonville. They're favored by four. I'm going to let you take your Jags. I'm going to take the Colts with four points.
0: So kind. So kind. I'm sure you really wanted to take Jacksonville.
1: I mean, I kind of did. Four points. That's uh, the Colts did not look good last week, and I think that I I really think that Trevor Lawrence will be a top ten ish quarterback by the end of the year.
0: All right,
1: you have more faith in
0: him right now. Um, Miami at Baltimore. Uh, Baltimore minus three and a half. Um, I'm going to go ahead and take Baltimore. Um, Yeah, I. Didn't like what I That's saw what I last week, but I liked how they ended it. Lamar Jackson looked really good. Um, they need to get Mark Andrews more involved, but for, as a whole, that team looked about the part. Um, and Miami has some question marks still to it.
1: They sure do. And this is a good opportunity. Lamar really turned it on in the second half. Um, I before the season started said the MVP was a five man race before the before the season even started and we've talked about every oh not Buffalo yet, but we'll we'll get there. Um the five quarterbacks are Patrick Mahomes, Justin Herbert, Tom Brady, Lamar Jackson, Josh Allen. It's a five man race, and all five of them looked Brady looked the worst of the five week one, but I believe all five are really vying for that spot. So, so I'm, I'm taking those quarterbacks pretty much every game.
0: All right. Atlanta at the Rams Rams are favored by 10 points. Oscar, he taken.
1: (sighs) There are a lot of 10 point favorites this week, which is tough. Um, we said it before the podcast started. I think this is a get-right game for the Rams and the Falcons. They looked good for the first three quarters, uh, but <laughs> their team's not very good. Anyway. Agreed.
0: Um, I agree with you for the record. It's in L.A., the Rams are, are embarrassed coming off of a horrible loss to the Buffalo Bills. Um, I like them to absolutely blow it out of the water. Um, next game is Seattle at San Francisco. San Francisco is also favored by 10 points coming off of a loss going up against the Seahawks. You just put it to, uh,
1: yes, that's a weird line. Even at, even in San Francisco 10 is a lot.
0: And you know what? I'll,
1: I'll stick with that. I'll take Seattle. Take care of that. I would take Seattle too. They always beat the Niners. They always beat the Niners. If- you don't look good last night. Gina looked like a top 15 quarterback, which is nuts. Uh, what if Seattle's 2-0 playing the Broncos and the Niners?
0: I don't think they win this game, and if they are 2-0, I'm still not worried about them as a sort of real threat. Yeah. I don't think that team is that crazy good, but it would be fun.
1: It would be fun. Uh, <clears throat> yeah, I, I agree with you. Cincinnati at Dallas. In Dallas, the Bengals are favored by seven and a half. The Bengals didn't look that good either, but Dak Prescott's not playing, so I guess I'm taking the Bengals.
0: I would, too. I would, too. I think Joe Burr is going to come in like a man possessed and they're going to put it to us. Cooper Rush is not going to be able to keep up with him. I like Dallas's offense to look better than it did last week, even with Dak
1: Prescott. Playing. I do too, man. I do too.
0: And our defense honestly looked pretty dang good. Micah's, Micah Parsons, especially, uh, but since is going to be too much for us. And, you know, while at, while seven and a half points is a lot, I'd probably put money on them. Um, Arizona at Las Vegas. Las Vegas is favored by six points. I am going to take Las Vegas. Um, Damn
1: it. Arizona looks so old. bad.
0: Arizona's all disconnected.
1: Yeah, they, so they had a big plan for Rondale Moore coming into last week, and then he was a surprise and active on Sunday. If he's back. Maybe Arizona's offense looks better than it did, but it took until the like late third quarter for them to get going, and by the, that time, the Chiefs had scored thirty. So, Chicago
0: at yeah, plus. It cannot be. Oh, it cannot be reiterated enough that Arizona's defense has taken so many hits, uh, so many losses this offseason. Las Vegas has a good offense that did not play up to its capabilities last week. I think they get right here. Anyway, continue.
1: Chicago at Green Bay, Uh, the Bears, we talked about just coming off a win against a much better Niners team, but it was in the pouring rain. Green Bay coming off a loss to the Vikings. This is another get-right game. The Packers are favored by 10, but I think I'm still taking that line. Week one last year, the Packers lost. Wait, why did you just give me the Bears? Okay. As the, uh, the Packers lost in Week One to the Saints last year, like thirty-five to three or something like that, and uh, then won thirteen games. So I think this is a get-right game. You're up.
0: I'll say it's it's Chicago. You know, Aaron Rodgers told us, told us last season he owns that place. Uh, so he does, and <laughs> it's in Green Bay. Come on. Uh, Tennessee at Buffalo Bills, Buffalo minus 10. I'm taking Buffalo, um, and I will take them. uh, uh, They're going to be favored in every single game this season, and I I will not bet against them
1: again. Until they lose.
0: Until they I will not bet against them again.
1: Yeah, Uh, so we took every 10-point favorite. So, oh that. no, 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 you took, you took the Seahawks and, oh, the, and the Niners are a 10 point yeah. favorite. Uh, but yeah, the Titans looked yeah. super bad last week, man. I, I think that we could see uh, Malik Willis by like week eight or ten.
0: That could be cool, that could be very cool.
1: All right, last game Vikings at the Eagles. The Eagles are favored by two. I'm taking the Vikings.
0: Good choice, good choice. They certainly looked fantastic this past week.
1: Um, they did, and the Eagles' offense looked super good. Meanwhile, mind you, it's against a very, maybe the worst defense in the league in the Lions, but the Eagles' defense gave up like 35 points to the Lions' offense, which is not a very good sign. So.
0: Very strange, yeah. Um, yeah, okay, so we have, we're have we going to have a higher score this upcoming week, it's not going to be two to one anymore. Uh, we'll see if it makes a difference, and we'll talk uh, internally and decide if this is how we want to keep uh, these these ems But um, I'm feeling good about my picks; feeling very good.
1: Well, I'm feeling good about my picks. So let's all do right, a let's quick see. fantasy corner before we go. Uh, update on the league. Even you know, withstanding all my injuries, I still managed to pull out a victory. Uh, I renamed my team the 2022 23 Houston Texans. Depending on how the next few weeks go, I might rename myself the Shit Bowl Champions or the Shit Bowl Superstars, something like that, because I won uh, 77 to 76. And I think that that's. Yep. I would like to say uh,
0: he won against the guy who's, who put up the least amount of points in the league. So if he had played almost anyone else. Um, but that doesn't matter in fantasy all that matters is to get the win yes sir i think uh, that
1: if if i'm to win any more games this season that's the way it goes down it's like an 80 to 70 just just shit bowl sam you also won
0: i won despite having what i consider to be just about the floor of my team Happened. Absolutely. Um you had like ninety
1: three or something
0: like that? Ninety three points. My opponent only scored seventy, which was interesting because I going into week one, I would have told you that I, I had the best team in the league and Chase and Victor had the second best team in the league, and we were some of the lowest scores on the week. So um it goes to show that we don't know what we're talking about. None of us do.
1: Not at all. Chase and Victor did suffer a slew of injuries though. Dak Uh, T Higgins, Keenan Allen, their backup quarterback. Yeah. Najee Harris, their backup quarterback, Smack Jones. So not good. Um, The only other fantasy. Um, Oh, you you got one more thing to say.
0: Oh, no, no, go ahead. The only other fantasy thing that I
1: wanted to add here uh, is some Milo candidates. If you want to run through like one or two, maybe just to give some fantasy advice
0: um by low um i think dj Moore is a good by low candidate
1: oh I that's think, a great uh, answer
0: i think Debo samuels a good by low candidate he only put up like 11 points um week one and he's gonna be a, a world beater um uh should be um who else um know, anyone else anyone coming to mind for you
1: mike williams if the manager of Mike Williams oh, okay. is freaking out after his week one stinker, uh, go buy him right now. That's the point of having Mike Williams is he's a boomer bust. Oh,
0: Alan Robinson. Okay. Good, but, but, <laughs>
1: we're, we're talking about each other's guys. But, yeah, I think, I think you're right. Hopefully, hopefully, Alan Robinson shows better than he did on Thursday. Um. Maybe one or two more. Man, I was in on CEH this offseason, and he proved <laughs> me right. I mean, he's not going to score two touchdowns in a whole lot of games, but I'm, I'm excited about him.
0: One, one that could be an interesting by candidate is Brees Hall. He only put up seven points, um, and he, he, ha- he only had six carries. But he got 10, he got ten targets. Um, not much happened with those yards, but the Ravens have a really good defense, and it was his first game in the NFL. I would be interested in, in reaching out to the whoever owns Brees Hall in my leagues and just gauge what, gauge what they're interested in moving off of it. Um,
1: yeah, it's going to be tough for the first the first like six-ish weeks. Michael Carter's the running back one in New York, but... As Brees Hall, I mean, it's the same thing as Damian Pierce. As they get more acclimated, he's going to be better.
0: Absolutely. And the last one, and this one should be obvious, Aaron Jones. I was about to say him. if, if If your Aaron Jones owner is freaking out, you should be trading
1: for him. Yeah, he only got five carries, which most people would say, oh, man, like, what's happening to Aaron Jones? But that was a super weird game script. I don't think it happens much more for the Packers this year. Highly got it. All right. Uh, I think that'll do it. What do you think, Sam?
0: I think that's a hell of an episode, Oscar. I think it's a hell of, a, hell of an episode.
1: Uh, I wait
0: think it's to-
1: the 30th episode. Yes, sir. Number 30. I think we kept it right at about an hour, which is good. Uh, We will be back next week um, with more of the same. This is probably our format for most of the season. So thank you, Sam. Thank you to the three listeners in the audience right now and whoever else jumped in. Thank you to Hot Rod. Uh, Hopefully he finds a team somewhere. And thank you to all of our other listeners for coming in and hating yourselves with us. We will see you next week. Bye-bye.